Harry Ruiz here filling in for JT The Brick, closing off this week before the city of Las Vegas goes nuts in the week ahead of hosting its first Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium on February 11th. It's the Chiefs versus the 49ers, two rivals for the Silver and Black, one divisional, the other one that they used to share the Bay with, uh, literally for the Raider Nation. Any combination of an AFC West rival versus the 49ers was the worst Super Bowl possible, and it's happening. But I am glad that both teams, they are two of the squads that have a Spanish radio broadcast. And as a Spanish radio broadcaster, I always love showing love to the folks that do the same thing with other squads. And that's why today, again, back-to-back years that I got Hannah Bassam from the Chiefs Spanish radio broadcast joining us because the Chiefs once again made it to the Super Bowl. And Hannah, they're trying to go back-to-back. How are you? Bienvenida. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. And yeah, just like you said, we're approaching our fourth Super Bowl in five years. Patrick Mahomes is in his sixth year as a starter, and he has two rings already trying to make it back-to-back this year in Las Vegas. Yeah, it was when we were kicking off the show. I brought up, I was like, this is her fourth Super Bowl that she's going to be a part of a broadcast from. There's people like me that are hoping that someday in my career we get one. You're going into four. How is that experience for you? Oh, I couldn't have imagined it in my wildest dreams. And something so crazy is that I joined the Spanish broadcast when Patrick was drafted, literally at the same on the same month. And so getting to see him even play as a backup to Alex Smith, getting to see him ascend in his first year as a starter, making it all the way to AFC Championship game. And then in all my years of working since he's been a starter, he's made it to the AFC Championship game. And most of the time he's, you know, made an appearance in the Super Bowl. So it's been it's been so historical to watch the numbers, the stats, the words that I'm using don't even begin to describe really the impact that he's had on the team, the franchise, and our city as a whole, actually. Absolutely. And one interesting thing is that you look over at the Chiefs this season and they haven't used that formula of just having Patrick Mahomes go nuts and just score 30-plus points per game. This season, it's been all about the defense. The defense is the one that's doing the job, and Steve Spagnola, your defense coordinator, they're figuring out the way to get the best out of those pieces that he has. What has made this Chiefs defense so special this year? Yeah, exactly. You can't talk about the Chiefs this year and not talk mainly about the defense. Of course, you can talk about Patrick and all and Travis and all their historical stats and how well they've played and, you know, the running game got going, especially last year and this year with Pacheco. But it is not a complete story without talking really in depth about the defense of the Chiefs. You mentioned Spags. Spags is a big part of it. He has a lot of experience in these big time primetime games. He has a lot of experience kind of evolving the game, kind of um, getting young players and giving him his vision for the defense, for the schemes, and having them buy in. And you saw that last year in the Super Bowl as well. You had so many rookie players on the defensive side that played really well, one of them being, you know, in the secondary, Trent McDuffie. But this year is one of the most complete units I've seen. If you're a 49ers fan, you really are going to want to pay attention to every person on this defensive roster, you know, starting with George Karloftis, who is also very, very young. He's like, you know... If Chris Jones is the CEO of Sac Nation, maybe he's like the CFO. Both of them just really, really big on getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Chris Jones, obviously, uh, you know, just veteran experience, absolutely disruptive, especially in the fourth quarter in those primetime games. And you have Mike Dana, Tershawn Wharton, 
round it out. Luckily for the 49ers, we have one huge person that's going to be absent from the Super Bowl. That's Charles Omanehu, who came from the 49ers, uh, the defensive end, who's been really effective since he joined the Chiefs. He missed the first six games of the season, but after that, he was really, really effective. And he just got more and more effective, especially in the postseason. He's going to be out with his ACL injury that he suffered in last week's game, um, although he made an impact before he even left that game. And then you you think about the linebacker group for the Chiefs. I think, in my opinion, it's probably the strongest linebacker group in all of the NFL. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, Leo Chanel, Darius Harris. Nick Bolton, who's going to be the green dot uh, for the Super Bowl, is one of the smartest, most um, just brilliant linebackers I've seen. And he's really, really, really effective in looking and changing the scheme and communicating with Spags and the rest of the players when he sees that the opposing offenses are kind of doing things that they didn't expect. So they're really good at changing their game plan, at becoming a defense that can adapt and that can change their focus in the third and fourth quarters, which is when they have been um, the most effective this year. And then you've got Drew Tranquil, who came over from the Chargers this year, and he's been a great addition. He also helped um, as the green dot when Nick Bolton came out. So you have two brilliant linebackers who are great in that space. And then the secondary, Legereus Sneed, you can't talk about anyone in any secondary if you're not talking about Legereus Sneed, one of the most effective cornerbacks in the entire NFL, especially against wide receiver number ones, you know, in this, just in this playoff series, he's had to face Terry Kill and Dave Flowers and, and um, Stephon Diggs, and he has been just so effective against them. And then alongside Trent McDuffie, they're just a really incredible unit. And under Spags, and Spags we trust. That's how we are in KC. Right, yeah, so that has been the big uh, key factor, in my opinion, for the Chiefs this year, that defense, because maybe because the offense wasn't as explosive, the Chiefs didn't get that first round by they weren't able to play at home uh in a playoff game uh besides that first round against the Miami Dolphins you had to go on the road against Buffalo you had to go on the road against Baltimore and they still delivered they everyone in the NFL said because people get tired of seeing the same team have success and success and success it happened with the Patriots it's happening now with the Chiefs and everybody was like, okay, now they got to go on the road. This is where it's going to end. And the Chiefs said no, and they're still in it. So this this road success for the Chiefs, what has been the key for it? Because, I mean, you look at their record on the road this season, and they lost, what, two games against the Packers and against the Broncos? And besides that, it's all wins. That's right. Yeah, you know, like, like I just mentioned, the defense has been – so effective. They've also have such depth at defense and they can really rotate people in and out. They've been lucky not to suffer any serious injuries. I would say one of the most serious would be Charles Omanehu. And in doing so, Spags has really been able to evolve the game, save the best game plans for the postseason. They're going to really send in some confusing looks. All these players are really versatile, so they can drop back in coverage or they can pressure opposing quarterbacks. Trent McDuffie is one of those. They can force fumbles. They can, um, they're really good at getting their hands up and blocking passes from the line of scrimmage. And then on the offensive side, when you look at the stats of Patrick and, and, and Travis in the postseason, but specifically Patrick, it's really incredible to see that in his first six seasons, he's basically 
played an entire season worth of football. So he's had 17 starts. He's 14-3 and in the postseason. He's lost two of those games to Tom Brady, one of them in the Super Bowl, one of them in the AFC Championship. Joe Burrow was the other quarterback to beat him in the AFC Championship. Patrick is 422 of 626 with 4,802 passing yards. He has 39 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He is just so, so, so much better under the brightest of lights. So Patrick combined with the defense, that's exactly what you're seeing in the postseason. And, and interesting enough, you know, that first game in Arrowhead against Miami was really, really, really a tough game from a physical standpoint. For those of you guys who probably can't even imagine how cold it was in Kansas City, it was about a negative 30 wind chill. If you were out there with exposed skin for more than five, ten minutes, you were going to get frostbite. And so that incredibly difficult game really prepared them for the next two stops on the road and this final stop, which you could consider on the road. It was physically so demanding just to be outside that it was the toughest game probably of the postseason, even though the score doesn't reflect that. Physically, it was a very dangerous game. It was a very demanding game. And there was a lot of loss of, you know, basic functions in that extreme cold. And so I think that really, really propelled them for the next two weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised if we hear after the off season about some of the players even suffering from, from frostbite from that game because it was so unbelievably dangerously cold that it really prepared them um, to be in that kind of tough mentality for when they hit the road in Buffalo and Baltimore. And how about that? You will from playing in Kansas City with that weather to playing in Buffalo, pretty chilly out there too. We remember seeing Jason Kelsey without a shirt going crazy up in the stands next to Taylor yeah. Swift. You got the yeah. game in Baltimore as well. Now you're going to come to Vegas where you got a stadium that is enclosed that you don't have to battle against the weather and uh, it's completely different. So offensively, We've talked about Patrick Mahomes over and over again. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, they've been leading the pack when it comes to the receiving yards and the catches and all that kind of stuff. Rasheed Rice, a rookie out of SMU, if I recall correctly. Uh, What kind of uh, impact has he brought to the game? Because I think one of his biggest games, he had it out here in Las Vegas, where, by the way, the Chiefs are undefeated at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. Well, don't curse us now, okay? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Work, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Rishi Rice has been such a tremendous asset to the offense. He's been somebody who's been able to make an impact since day one, but at the same time, really getting better, really understanding his connection with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick loved him but before he was drafted. Um, you know, Clark Hunt and their family have a very strong ties to SMU. They had been watching him for a while while he was at SMU. And then his connection with Patrick Mahomes in um, kind of that pre-draft process solidified the deal. And he's just been improving ever since. I would I would consider him the wide receiver number one for this team. He is really explosive. He's one of the leaders in yards after the catch. Um, he'll be one of the you know he'll 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 break a ton of rookie records in the postseason for the Chiefs for the franchise. But also in the NFL, he'll be one of the leaders. You know, one of the top three receivers in yards after the catch in their rookie year in the postseason. Um, you know, numbers that will compare to Jamar Chase. And Zay Flowers is the other one who's had some really uh, impressive rookie numbers in the postseason. So he's another one who it just seems to improve when the lights get bigger. He's really secure with the ball. And he's really learning what Patrick demands of him. And it just seems he's really been able to step up um, here late in the season as well. Yeah, a rookie leading the Chiefs in touchdowns and receiving touchdowns. That's crazy. Over Travis Kelsey? 
that was very impressive. And I remember that that game where he blew up out here in Las Vegas and he just had a he, he did a fantastic job against the Raiders. I was like, damn, the rookie's starting to feel his groove. And then he just kept on going hot the the rest of the way. But Hannah, I will say, if you guys end up winning the Super Bowl again, the last team that you guys have lost against is the Raiders. So I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that. Yeah, that was that was a, that was, and you know, if you talk to the team all this week and all last week, they really said that that was the turning point for them. Losing against the Raiders was when they all, you know, unprompted all the players said, "Okay, this is going to be a turning point for us, and we're going to take this adversity, and we're going to really improve ourselves from here on out." So I guess we we do we owe you a thank you for that. I, I, I believe we do. It was a wake up call then. I was like, damn it, then shouldn't we not not won that game? And then the Chiefs might have not made it <laughs> yeah. to the Super Bowl? Nah, just exactly. kidding. No, but first off, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations. This game, unlike your first three Super Bowls where you were the field reporter for Tico Sports for the Spanish radio broadcast for the Chiefs, you're going to be up in the booth. How much of a change is that for you? Yeah, it's been a tremendous change. I've loved you know being on the field because I, I get to represent – uh, women and I've noticed that um, in these bigger playoff games, the Super Bowl games, a lot of the women who you normally see on the sidelines, those positions kind of turn to the men, and so the men will be on the sidelines for the for the Super Bowl, the biggest game. It was just me and Erin Andrews on the sidelines last year. I'm super happy to be re- representing women in the booth as well, um, and especially doing it in a language that I love. I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about storytelling. And I get to tell the story, and my grandma gets to listen to me, and she gets to understand every single word I'm saying, and I could not express, you know, my gratitude for the opportunity more. Yeah, it'd be great if everyone listened to our broadcast with Tico Sports. I usually do. I go online, and I use a VPN to be able to uh, get on it, and it's you guys do a fantastic job. Shout out to your whole crew, Hannah, an El Paso native. I used to live in El Paso, okay. so always showing love to the 915. And now up in the booth, kill it. I know that it's going to be an incredible experience for you, and uh, let's see how the cards fall out here in Las Vegas for this one. You'll be out here uh, very soon. I hope you enjoy your stay and that the game is a good game. I'll say that. I won't go against one team or the other. I'll say I hope the game's entertaining. And so far, it looks like it'll be the best matchup possible. So thank you so much for having me, and we'll see you soon in Las Vegas. Muchas gracias, Hannah. There you go. Check her out on Twitter, on X. She posts a lot of content. She works college basketball games, the Kansas City Royals, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, come on. And if she played the piano like this, then it would be like, come on, everything. And this is fantastic music to tell you. Go to Grimaldi's Pizzeria, hands down my favorite pizza in Las Vegas. Summerlin, on the Strip, Southwood Las Vegas, Green Valley, Grimaldi's Pizzeria com is your place to go to get all the locations. We spoke to Hannah from the Chiefs broadcast after the break. Carlos Eustis from the Niners broadcast will be joining us. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino, the official hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, yeah, a lot of great stuff going down at the M Resort for the big game weekend. And if you want to stay a little bit far from the Strip and not be involved in all the mayhem, they got good, cool stuff going down there. So visit our friends at the M Resort. Someone that will be visiting us in Las Vegas, not because he wants to be with us, but because he has the honor and the opportunity to be calling Super Bowl 58 on February 11th. He'll be up there in the booth with the San Francisco 49ers Spanish radio broadcast 
after going viral on social media last night is Carlos Justis, who is also from Telemundo in the Bay Area. Carlos, como estas? Uh, welcome to the JT The Brick Show. How are you? How are you, Harry? Uh, yes, uh, really excited for, for this opportunity. Um, it's, it's actually my, my fifth Super Bowl, but it's the first time I ever get to call a game. So this one certainly is really, really special. Absolutely. It's completely different. You're in the game pretty much every single second of the game, everything going down. You know it. You've been broadcasting the Niners now for a couple of seasons, and it's different being in the perspective of just being in the press box making your notes and starting your story or getting a camera ready for the post-game report to actually broadcasting the game. It's a different monster. How's the prep going? What can you tell us about the Niners from your perspective that puts them in a good spot to potentially winning the Super Bowl? Well, the the main two things that I think are, are different from this team and, and they put them in a good position to, to actually take it this time is the first one, the fact that there's players with experience that had to live through that loss in 2020 when they faced the same um, Kansas City Chiefs in, in Miami that, that time around. These players back then, they were in their first, second year, there were a lot of rookies, Bebo, Kittle, Warner. And then um, even if Richard Sherman shared share that, the team might have caught up on all the noise around the, the game and that actually ended up being negative for them. And this time around, they, they're a lot more focused. They're, they're really taking it like this is a business trip and, and they want to do it. And the second thing is that I feel that because in the NFC Championship, the first half was, was not the best football they played. I could actually say it's probably the worst football they played. The fact that they were able to take that game regardless of not playing well is a great sign because sometimes the team will play very well or play really poorly. And when you're playing poorly and you can't come back, you're in a situation where you face a really good team, you really can't do much about it. But if you can actually come back in a game where things are not going right and you have the resilience to come back and do things right for yourself, I think that's what's going to make a big difference. Yeah, you look at the last time that the Niners were in the Super Bowl in the 2019 season, number two in offensive points, number four in yards, number eight in total defense, number two in yards. This year, they are top five or top three when it comes to offense in points and yards, top three when it comes to defense in points, and number eight in yards. Kyle Shanahan, is he finding the way to just be able to get this team to a point where it's like a consistently, they're just, because you look at the last five seasons, they made it to the conference championship, what, four out of those five years and the Super yes. Bowl now twice? Yes, that is correct. And I think this one in particular, uh, the job, that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan did to put the, the team together was fantastic. And then you also have a little luck, right? We know that the team has been drafting very well in the third round, in the fourth round, the fifth round. They, they've been finding pro bowlers, all pros. And then on top of that, now you have the Brock Purdy story where you literally go and get Mr. Irrelevant and he turns into the best thing that this team could have had for their own system, for the things that they're doing, and sometimes having some really elite plays. I mean, you saw it taking over the second half with his legs in the NFC Championship and making a difference. So all those things have combined for the team to be there and really release a great opportunity. We still a really young roster. I mean, I would even say that, yes, everybody's focused on, on winning it now. You have the game right in front of you. But you can not count with the fact that the Niners might be able to even be back at some point again in the near future. Yeah, it's like like they've never left. 
the, the San Francisco 49ers. Carlos Justi is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio, part of the San Francisco 49ers Spanish radio broadcast and from Telemundo in the Bay Area. You remember where Brock Purdy was announced as Mr. Irrelevant, Carlos? The stage, where, where, where the stage was when he was announced as Mr. Irrelevant, Las Vegas, at the right, that's right. The, here. And now, can you imagine if he finishes the story just two years into his career from being Mr. Irrelevant, the last name announced on the draft stage in Las Vegas in April 2022, to them being a Super Bowl champion in April in January 2024? How crazy is that? Or sorry, it's February 2020. The other thing that's crazy is that if you think about last season, how it ended, um, just the way it ended, because in theory, I mean, we don't know what could have happened in that NFC Championship against the Eagles if Brock doesn't get injured. So the fact that he even had a really big injury on his first year after six games starting and be able to come back from that injury to make the splash on the league that he's done with the numbers that he put up, I mean, it's just amazing. The fact that the story of Brock Purdy on its own, it's it's absolutely crazy, and, and it's really you know, cool for us to see it develop in front of our own eyes. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, how much of a difference has he made on that squad since uh, you guys traded for him with Carolina? Yeah, and it, I, I really think that it's hilarious when you really think about it. I mean, we all know that uh, Christian McCaffrey was always regarded as one of the best running backs in the game, but there was all these questions about his injuries, right? Like, it was always like, well, yes, Christian, but he's injured and he's injured. And I remember clearly... Um, I was on a work trip covering something else when that trade happened, and I remember getting a notification, and everybody from, like, analysts would actually were rating that that trade as a plus to get Christian McCaffrey now, uh, putting him in that system where he can be a lot more healthy, where he doesn't have to run through the A-gap, and he has to go straight and, and makes a big difference. His body has, has been able to, to take it a lot better. He's been able to get more opportunities. Being involved in the passing game has been a huge thing. So it, I think it's been fantastic to get him. And props to, to John and everybody that looked up and said, hey, listen, we, we can get this player. We can really make a difference. Yeah, be aggressive. And in 16 games, he had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 21 touchdowns. I mean, those numbers right there are ridiculous, and he should be in consideration for uh, serious consideration to be the MVP in the league, offensive player of the year. That's that's just numbers that when you have a Christian McCaffrey, that takes the load off of your second-year quarterback in a way different matter, and still Brock Purdy has been able to keep it up. But when you talk about Niners football, you talk about that defense. That's been the staple of the house over there in San Francisco. And, of course, you got great leaders. You got Nick Bosa, who is that uh, always menace of being putting pressure on the opposition. But you got great pieces all around with Arik Armstead. You got incredible secondary guys like Charvarius Ward. You got Fred Warner. The, this defense, which which unit do you think is going to be more important to win the Super Bowl? Obviously, you want to have all three units in the perfect matter, but offense, defense, do you see this thing going one way or another? Super Bowl 58 out here in Vegas, Carlos? No, it's definitely going to have to have – it has to be the defense. I mean, and, and it's tough because I don't think there's actually a – like – you can prepare as much as you want for, for Patrick Mahomes, but we know that Mahomes can come and do something out of nothing on a really broken play. We saw it we saw in the last Super Bowl. We had Theron Long. It's 15 yards to just get the first down, and somehow Tariq Hill gets open like 40, 45 yards away, 
and Mahomes is dancing and just throws a bomb and stuff right on their hands. So that's something that Mahomes is always going to be able to do. So as much as you prepare for it, you have to you have to be paying attention double because even in good coverage, he can make something out of nothing. To me, the biggest the the, the unit that has made the biggest splash, especially in the defense, is the line of linebackers. I think that the the job the work that um, Fred Warner and Greg Greenlaw have made throughout the season has been just absolutely outstanding. Um, and they they're they're really a really important part because. The pass rush is there. Actually, the Niners are the team that puts the most pass pressure on, on quarterbacks. Sometimes not getting there because we don't lead the league in sacks, but the, the pressure is there. But is the, is the line of linebackers, because they're so good in coverage, not only in stuffing the run, that that balance is what has really made the Niners shine because that gives you a little more time for your corners to actually stay on coverage. That gives you a little more time for the, for the quarterback to not throw onto onto that check down, and he's made a big difference. So I think they're going to be key. First to stop the run, because Saya Pacheco has been having really good really good numbers, so you have to stop the run somehow. And to try to keep Patrick Mahomes as inside the pocket as you can, you know you're not going to be able to, but at least not giving those spaces where he can run and take off. And to me, those are the two key players on the defense, and that will probably make the difference in the game. Absolutely. You'll be out here in Las Vegas early next week, but, I mean, you're a very busy man. You work with Telemundo. You've been out there in the World Cup and everything. You got the schedule being released uh, this Sunday out there at Telemundo. Uh, how busy is the life of Carlos Justis right now with everything just, like, coming your way? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. It's really being a blessing. Uh, we know how, how this business can be, like, really tough sometimes. And the fact that I'm able to work with one of the biggest companies in, in the nation, especially on the, on the Spanish side, and we have the rights to the World Cup, we have to, the rights to the Olympics. I'm also gearing already to get on that plane to Paris on July 18th to go cover the soccer at the Olympics. So I, I have Olympics. Uh, the San Jose Quicks are about to start. We know MLB season is about to start. And here in the Bay Area, that is such an important market with so big teams that always have uh, some sort of sometimes national headlines. You have to be <laughs> you have to be busy all the time, and then add to that Mexican soccer, the U.S. national team. So I, I'm really fortunate to be able to to be basically do a little bit of, of everything, and you try to take it just like one stage at a time. Because I want to say one day at a time because it's a lot, but one stage at a time. Right now, uh, the focus is on this week on Super Bowl, and then and then we'll see we'll see what comes next. I remember the last time that the Niners played an official game, not a preseason game, out here in Las Vegas. You didn't come because your baby was just born, right? Yes, that is correct. Um, this one you got to be well, here. Son, this one I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. My son just turned two years old. Um, it, he's also being I think he's also been bringing a lot of luck to the team in general. Um, he was he was supposed to, funny enough he was supposed to be born in during Christmas. That was, Christmas Day was supposed to be his due date. He ended up uh, not being born until January fifth. And when when he was born, I, I missed a couple of games. Uh, just because we were in the hospital, whatever, we spent like New Year's at the hospital, so it was it was an interesting time. But he's super healthy, super big. Uh, he's he's literally the light of my life, and 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 being able to do this for him is is great. There you go. I've, I love following Carlos on Instagram, posting a lot of videos from work, but also personal life. Follow him, Carlos Justis TV. Mi estimado Carlos, muchas gracias. Thank you so much, and the best of success in your first uh, NFL that you get to broadcast on the radio, man. Well, thank you, Harry. Thank you for the invite. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Hopefully I get to see you uh, at least to, to, to have a, a quick bite or something because we know we're going to be super busy. Y vamos, Niners. Let's go Super Bowl.
I can't say vamos Niners because then I'm like, hey, I get in trouble. Muchas gracias, Carlos. Thank you so much. Follow him on social media, Carlos UCs TV. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of super uh, big game coverage, Super Bowl coverage out here in Las Vegas. It's my last time on the radio before the big game goes down on February 11th. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit up broadcasters from both teams to get their perspective from this because it's completely different, Jared. Broadcasting games like on a national stage where you change teams every weekend to having focused emphasis on the team that you get to broadcast. Like I get to do it. I got the honor to do it with the Raiders. They get to do it with the Niners and the Chiefs. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let me hit them up. I got to talk to them on the air right there. So as the uh, not-so-closet Chiefs fan on this network, uh, I am genuinely mad at myself that I didn't know that we had a Spanish broadcast until today. And so now I'm like following all this stuff. And so that's that's one of the cooler things that I always thought of in Vegas is that we do we we do bring Spanish and we bring that part of the culture into everything we do, whether it's with the Golden Knights or with the Raiders or what it is. And so yeah, it's really cool to like teams actually recognize that hey, that's that's a part of the fan base. And, and so look, that's really cool. I'll pull the curtain a little bit back. Obviously, the Spanish radio broadcast for the Raiders have been, has been here from before yeah. uh, Vegas, from Oakland, from L.A., because we got a big Hispanic fan base. You look at what Tom Flores and Jim Plunkett, Leo Aragus, and everybody with the Latino heritage has done with the team and has had us be like, hey, that guy looks like my uncle. That guy looks like <laughs> my cousin. I want to root for that guy. Or even with the Dodgers, with Fernando Valenzuela, Jaime Jarrin. He was the broadcaster and his translator back then but it brings that community your way chiefs obviously kansas city missouri doesn't have a lot of latinos out there as a los angeles as a bay area as um las vegas but guess what it's not the day and age where you can only listen to the radio on the radio in the city you're at I literally listen to Hannah on the radio online. I listen to Carlos on the radio online. I put it on TV, and I listen on the radio through them online. So guess what? It's not only here in the States. You can listen to that broadcast in Mexico. You can listen to that broadcast in Central America, in South America, in Spain. I'm like, hey, guys, don't just keep your doors closed on I'm producing this for my marketing rights in Mexico. If it's online, anybody can see it anywhere so that's pretty cool that the chiefs got their broadcast that the niners got their broadcast i hope one day every single nfl team have their spanish radio broadcast because the latino market it's huge and i mean i ain't saying we taking over but we going up there with y'all and being like hey let's let's be in the same spot and give our folks great coverage with the nfl folks don't don't forget we got the don't be broke Dot com text line 702-365-9200. You can text that number or you can call that number. You see that, Jared, I remember in the past it used to be a different phone number. Yeah. If you got the same one, I'm terrible remembering phone numbers. I don't know my girlfriend's phone number. I know the, the error code. I don't know the rest of it. This one, 702-365-9200, I think I know that phone number, mine, and my dad's. That's it. So having the same one, it's very, very useful. Raider Nation, you got a little bit under 20 minutes to call in, to text, to give me your opinion because, of course, Cliff Kingsbury, he's the big news with the Raider Nation. Reports are that he is the next offensive coordinator for the Silver and Black. But also, it's a big game weekend out here in Las Vegas next weekend, and it's unfortunately two teams at the Raider Nation. They're our rivals. They are – it's like – 
The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, they're both my enemies. What the heck am I going to do here? I don't know. I mean, I look at it one way and I'm like, I don't want the Niners to win it. They're our Bay Area opponent. Then you look over at the Chiefs and if they win it, they will have four Super Bowls to R3. It's like, I, it's a lose-lose situation for the Raider Nation. Raider Mike, you're on the line here on Raider Nation Radio on the JT The Brick Show. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. What you got for me? Hola. Hola, como estas? I, uh, I, I like your work on the airwaves and uh, enjoy your Instagram posts. Anyway, uh, I, I hate both teams. I lived in I Oakland. do too. <laughs> I, I'm just, but my rule is the Muppet King cannot rise. So I got I to gotta cheer for the whiners. I, it's, it's hard to even say that. But it's what I got to do. As far as Kingsbury. Do you consider it the lesser of two evils, San Francisco? Yes, sir. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Talk to me. Sorry, I interrupted you. You were about to talk about Cliff. Yeah. Anyway, he he coached Mahomes. You know, he's coached Williams. And and all he has to do is just do that now because he was incapable in Phoenix doing anything more than that so i hope this is a ploy i i think we're going to wind up with fields or caleb i really do i just have that feeling because they're both similar quarterbacks big arms that can run down the field when needed and uh fields just has had horrible coaching so i saw what he did at ohio state you just kingsbury will clean everything up with that dude but if we can pull, you know, Caleb, wow. you got the next Mahomes. Hey, you're going to have to give up a lot for him. Thank you so much. You're not Raider Mike right now. You're Raider Miguel. Muchas gracias. Raiders, peace. There you go. I love hearing people yell Raiders. I love yelling Raiders. Heck, I was at Disneyland, and if everybody I saw with Raider gear, I wasn't wearing Raider gear. I was matching with my girlfriend. I saw Raider gear, I would yell Raiders, and everybody would yell it back. I was like, let's go, Raider Nation. It's always a pleasure being here with you. We got Steve from Houston on the line. We're going to talk with him after the commercial break. If you want to join the ranks, calling here JT The Brick Show, 702-365-9200. You could also text that same number on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Remy Martin is the official cognac of the JT The Brick Show. Remy Martin is an excellent choice to celebrate this holiday season. Let's go to a break. We'll be right back to wrap up today's JT The Brick Show. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Michael E. Minden at the Fashion Show Mall. Better quality and lower prices. All right, let's close out the week here on the JT The Brick Show. I'll be back, I think, the week after the Super Bowl. So that'll be cool. Everybody gets to work hard during the Super Bowl. I'm going to chill during the Super Bowl. That's one of the advantages of being a a part-timer here, a freelancer there. It's like, hey, all the top dogs are going to be in Radio Row. I'm going to be chilling and I'll be back the week after the Super Bowl here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. But for now, we got folks on the line. We got folks on the text line. So let's hand it back out to you guys. 702-365-9200. We got less than 10 minutes left on the show. So if you want to call, if you want to text, do it now just like steve from houston steve good afternoon good talking with you what you got big fan of the show as always i was going to say grimaldi's is big here in texas i work at walmart so you see a lot of raider fans a lot of steeler fans but raider nation is well represented worldwide as we all know uh 
I just want to say I think it's great that we got the uh, GM from the Chargers. I like Marvin Lewis. Uh, do you think there's a pretty good chance we got Kingsbury? I've been out of the loop for about a minute about that. Is, it, is he pretty close to signing? Oh, yeah. I mean, all the reports are there, and we know that the Raiders, they take their time on posting the official press releases and everything until the, all the everything is as they wanted to, but it's pretty much a done deal. It's I'm just saying it's reported because it's still not official by the team. I'm keeping my eye on my uh, email, uh, hoping for to get a press release. Still haven't gotten it, but I'm pretty. It's uh, pretty much a done deal. When you got the big wigs like Schefter and Garofalo and everyone just like putting all the stuff out there, it's pretty much a done deal. So I think it's a good move. And yeah, Steve, I was out there in Houston for two weeks recently in Raider Nation. I'm mean, shout out to the Space City Raider. Nation and all the groups out there. Texas, Raider Nation, you guys are represented big time out there, right? Yes, sir. I'm a member of Space City. And tell you what, we've got four or five bars or more that they go to. Uh, I'm just going to say, I know you got uh, other people, but uh, you can answer this uh, on the air and I'll hang up. Uh, Justin Fields, who are the four or five quarterbacks? I think that should be our number one need at the 13th pick. What say you? And who are the three or four uh, college players? quarterbacks that you would target besides Justin Fields and thanks great show I mean you got to talk about the the big guys right you the the William Caleb Williams you got Drake May from North Carolina which I don't know if he's going to be a good quarterback or if he's going to be the second coming of Mitch Trubisky which I covered his last college football game the Sumble in El Paso and then a couple of months later he was the first quarterback drafted that was pretty wild but of course Daniels Heisman Trophy winner. You got you got opportunities later in the draft. I don't know if uh, the cases like Penix and like Knicks, if they should be drafted in the first round. From what I'm seeing and all the experts, they don't have first round grades. But it's a premier position, and if you don't pick them in number 13, there's a chance another team will jump and try to get them before they you drop to the second round. So there's big names out there, and of course Justin Fields. He if the ch- Bears pick Caleb Williams. You you ain't gonna have Williams and Fields in the same roster, so he's gonna get traded. Now let's see what other teams can get for him. What the Bears can get for him? Because I was reading a second rounder. I was like, ah, that might not be as bad if he delivers. But the problem is you only have him under contract for that fourth year and the fifth year option if you choose to give him that fifth year option. So it's a coin flip in my coin flip in my opinion right there, Jared. I mean, it's it, it might be, and this is going to be a very unpopular take with the people who are quarterback starved in the Raider Nation. They want they want the guy. They need the guy. I would keep building the defense because if you look at the rest of the AFC West, I I think that they've all gone all in on offense. If you go all in on defense. You're zigging while everyone else is zagging. You just need a competent guy. Go get Gardner Minshew for a year and have him hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs needs to be fed. Heck, like Baker Mayfield. He that's was his first exactly. quarterback at Texas Tech University. He was a walk-on freshman when he started him in week one in Texas Tech University. And look, he beat the Raiders on what, three days notice when he signed with the Rams in 2022? He he made it to the playoffs this past season and won a game in the playoffs against the defending Super uh, NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. You just got to be able to have your offense function in his characteristics, not be like, no, this is my offense and you got to play it the way I tell you. It's like, okay, this is the characteristics that I have on my quarterback 
I got to make it work that way. We got more text coming in through also, Jared. Yep, on the uh, don'tbebroke.com text line, we have Felix, who ha- actually doubled up for us. He first said, hey, Harry, so, you know, he's happy to see you. Uh, it's Felix in the 818. He does not care much about the Super Bowl, which uh, I believe was a sentiment. Uh, maybe you didn't echo, but what you basically were like, man, you started the show off very strong with a, oh, this is not the Super Bowl for this station. Literally any other Super Bowl would have been great. <laughs> like, take the Chiefs out of the equation, and obviously the Broncos and the Chargers didn't make it. But anybody else in the AFC, and we would have been like, okay, we got a rooting interest for that team against the Niners. Or the same case, like if the Lions would have delivered and hit a damn field goal instead of going for it on fourth down twice in the third quarter and giving the ball back to the Lions – no, they wanted to go for it on fourth down. I understand that's what got them there and the aggressiveness and being like, you know what? I trust my team. It didn't work. And if the Lions had made it to the Super Bowl, everybody in the Raider Nation would have been rooting for the Lions. No, they didn't make it. And it ended up being literally the worst Super Bowl ever for the Raider Nation. And at the end of the day, one of those two teams is going to end up having bragging rights for a long while saying, I won the Super Bowl at your stadium. Which sucks. But look, there was one way you could have avoided that. That's you making it to the Super Bowl and you winning that Ben Zimbardi trophy. The Raiders didn't do it. It wasn't the, like, I mean, for a while, that towards the end of the season, I was like, hey, we got a chance. We might sneak in. It didn't happen with that defeat in, at, in Indianapolis. And it's like, all right, hopefully it's not one of our rivals. And there you go. Both of them make it to the Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, look, it's our city. Las Vegas. I consider myself a local now. I always say you got to survive two summers here, and then we can tell that you're a local. We can say you're a local. When you stop wearing shorts in the winter, then you're a local. Like right? once once your your blood's thinned out, and you're like, oh man, it's cold. It's sixty two degrees. It's freezing, dude. That's I'm terrible. That's when you're a local, right? So I say survive two win- two summers. You're a local. I mean, I prefer the heat over the cold, but look, it's our city. It's a big event. I was going through the list of players that are going to be signing autographs at the NFL experience. Of course, they got NFL uh, Super Bowl opening night Monday at Allegiant Stadium. There's things that you can go do without paying 20K for a ticket for the game and just enjoy it. If I were in town on Friday, I would have been in line to go say what's up to my guy Aaron Jones running back for the Green Bay Packers. I saw that he's going to be signing autographs. If you want to convince Kirk Cousins to sign to sign with the Raiders. He's going to be signing autographs on Saturday. I know that the Black Hole got some signings going on um, uh, on Saturday also with players and with uh, Coach Antonio Pierce, so go visit theblackhole.com. A lot of things happening, and I'm just happy that the city of Las Vegas, instead of just partying during Super Bowl weekend, they're actually going to enjoy the Super Bowl being played here. I know traffic can be a cluster, you know what, by the stadium, but go and just live it. There's, we don't know when the next one's going to be. Hopefully soon, and I know it's going to come back. But, it's got it. But there's only one first, and it's this Sunday, February 11th, in nine days, happening here in Vegas. By the way, shout out to the folks doing an Easter car show, March 9th, and they're going to be collecting Easter baskets for ki- unfortunate kids that don't have the opportunity. A car show, 953 East Sahara, Familia, Kings of Kings. They got uh, Raider fan groups rolling in there in that car show, so Go support 
always Raider Nation, you show love to the Silver and Black family, and you show love to the less fortunate. So shout out to them. Shout out to the Raider Chilindrina who shared that information. And I can't wait to be back out here in Raider Nation Radio in around 10 days. Uh, whenever JT needs a couple of days off, I'll be here filling in for him. And, I mean, I'll, I know I'll be pissed off that somebody wins a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to or it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be one of those games where it's like the the off neither offense can get off the ground. But hey, at least you know somebody's going to got nothing to get bad. Lift the Vince Lombardi Trophy exactly. Q Myers is coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. Stay tuned here on the flagship of the Raiders, Jared. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you to all the engineers helping out today with all the technical difficulties. We made it through these two hours. Now let's finish off this weekend. Have a great weekend, Raider Nation.